0: This podcast is part of the Podcast Arcade Network.
1: Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of Paranormal Dads. I'm your co-host, Eddie. I'm Pat. And I'm Andy. Please join us as we go in search of the monsters, myths, and mysteries that surround us this week on Paranormal Dads.
2: Better than ever, I might add. Paranormal dads, number nine. Number nine, feeling fine. You always come up with the great rhymes. <laughs> well, it's <that's> a skill.
1: It's <laughs> a curse. Ask my kids; they hate it. So we're between holidays right
2: now. We had the, uh, Halloween. We are technically in the holidays, aren't we? Though? Well, it's the I beginning. Start Halloween, Thanksgiving, Christmas. That's the holidays, right? We're
1: in the holiday season. We are. And uh, I almost said thanks-a-ween. <laughs> thanks-a-ween. <laughs> thanks. Holla
0: thanks, miss.
1: Thanks-a-ween. <laughs> thanks-a-ween. Eve. <laughs> we, uh, so yeah, we are uh, back sitting down together, and we have some great new stuff to talk about and share with you. So strap on in as we uh, discuss recent sightings.
0: All right, this week on recent sightings, it was my turn to select uh, the topic and I chose the thylacine also known as the Tasmanian tiger. <laughs> <laughs> you
2: can't <couldn't> help yourself. <laughs> sorry. No. <laughs> not the Tasmanian
0: devil, Eddie. Oh, it's the Tasmanian tiger. Right. Sorry, 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 Now this is a—it was a real creature. We're not talking mythical here. This was a real creature. There's video footage, grainy yeah. black and white footage from the early 1900s. This was a creature that lived in Australia and New Zealand. New Zealand, right? I yeah. believe so. And Tasmania. And ta- oh, Tasmania mania yeah, yeah. sorry well just all over that area <laughs> yeah. basically I think in iowa am
2: i right pat am i right down under
0: <laughs> well wow. anyway it kind of looks like a mix between a uh, coyote or a wolf or what have you uh the creature was actually a marsupial and it kind of had str- everything there though <laughs> yeah everything's a marsupial if it doesn't have a pouch they don't let him in yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> but but it's it, not a real big creature no, no. but. Eh, about the I size mean, like of a coyote, coyote. I guess. Yeah. 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 So not terribly big, about as you know, big as your black lab at home. Sure. Or even smaller, I suppose. But it had kind of had stripes on its back, haunches, and, and kind of an elongated uh, muzzle. And just a really, really cool-looking creature. And they're thought to have gone extinct because it was thought that that footage, the grainy black-and-white footage in the early 1900s, was the last known living creature. And, of course, that one was in captivity. But since then, every now and again... You know, uh, Bob or or Randy down the road claims to have spotted one either with his eyes or on a trail cam. Yeah. And it's it's all hearsay, but in recent uh, months and in recent years, there's just been so many sightings that people are starting to wonder if these creatures uh, survived and are actually making a comeback. So I found an article here uh, from unexplainedmysteries.com posted on September 7th of this year. So just back in the fall, uh, three researchers in in Australia uh, got some trail cam footage. Uh, Now, this one of these contraptions that you kind of strap to a tree uh, near a trail that, you know, animals are known to go through and kind of digitally captures images when it detects movement. And uh, so this was uh, this footage is known as the Booth Richardson Tiger Team. So this is a trio of guys that are monitoring a remote area of bushland in sou- uh, southern Tasmania for evidence of the elusive Tasmanian tiger. Um, they said that uh, they were inspired to hunt for the creature after Greg Booth, uh, who's a, a firewood cutter from the Tasmania's central highlands area. He encountered what he thought was a, thyl- a thylacine in April of 2015. Um, and after monitoring the area for over two years using f- about 14 Uh, different trail cams the three guys have come forward uh, now in September with some footage of an unknown creature that was recorded at dusk on November 4th 2016. Um, So the the video uh, which uh, on this article you can watch a little YouTube video of it Uh, it's gone viral and the footage contains uh, two potential sightings one of something that's kind of close up to the camera and then one, another that shows a, a four-legged animal walking around in the distance. And I watched it, and it is it, it is a little bit hard to tell what it is. But if you look closely, you, it, it almost does... It definitely looks dog-like. And uh, if, you, if my eyes are not deceiving me, it looks like there's some stripes on the back haunches. Hmm. So it makes you wonder, I mean... Backpedaling
1: a little bit, is there a more manly job title than Tasmanian woodcutter?
2: (laughs) I don't
0: know if there is. If you don't have a beard, you can't do the job. Get out, mate. Get out. (laughs) I'm
2: sorry. Well, this, this creature was talked about on Destination Truth recently. He was down in, I think it was somewhere in Australia, and they were actually looking for what they believed to be some kind of a cryptid dinosaur creature. But they discussed this um, this animal as well. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Wasn't there also like a traveling circus or some sort of like animal exhibit in Tasmania and Australia and those areas where they had one in captivity for a while and then it passed? It died? Like, I mean, this wasn't like something where they... Not recently. I'm talking like yeah. seven, 70 years ago or something right. like that. And
0: that may have been the one that they had the footage on, the last known footage of that creature. And it's kind yeah. of pathetic because... And you you can probably find it on YouTube or other places the last remaining footage of this creature. But it's yeah. kind of pathetic looking because it's really skinny and it's underfed, yeah. it's malnourished, and it's, it's just in a cage, kind of it's in a, it's bars. just pacing back and forth in a cage, yeah. not maliciously. I mean, it looks pretty peaceful, right? But, but it's
1: clearly not in its optimum.
0: No, no environment. It, but it makes you wonder, I mean, because they thought the creature was extinct, to my knowledge, it's not like there's any uh, conservation laws of you can't hunt them or anything like that. I think now, they're protected as a thing. Right oh, now. are they just in case they're still alive? I, I don't know.
1: I may be wrong, but I thought there was some sort of protection put on them in case they were in found. Case. yeah. Like, I... I, I someone correct me if I'm wrong, but I remember reading or at least hearing of a thing where these may be extinct or they're pretty much assumed to be extinct, but in the event that they do find one, they're automatically kind of blanket protected. That makes sense. A species. So That'd I think that you sense. can't kill one, even if you do see one,
0: but it still falls under, even though this is a, uh, a creature that's, you know, been documented in the record books, it still falls under the umbrella of cryptozoology, which <laughs> is the study of unknown, unidentified or, um, you know, basically creatures that are un, uh, th- that you don't expect to see. So it's still under that category of cryptozoology, and it really is interesting. I mean, I can't afford a ticket to go out there and look for myself, but uh, yeah. I've got, you're kind of rooting for them. You know, they're, they're underdog, and I hope they make a comeback, and, and I hope they're protected, and uh, I'm just waiting for someone to capture conclusive, definitive evidence of one.
2: According to the Parks and Wildlife Service in Tasmania, they were added to the protected, Animal list Uh, in 1936. 1936. Leave it to Pat. Pat's the fact guy, man. (laughs) Pat is nailing it down. I'm sitting
0: here like, I think maybe, (laughs) (laughs) maybe I done heard that, perhaps. Pat's like, this
2: is fact. (laughs) So, Billy (laughs) Eddie? What, uh, do you know what year they went extinct or they were believed to be extinct?
0: Uh, I don't, it doesn't say in this particular article, but. Oh, here,
2: uh, the same year, 1936. The last captive uh, thylacine died. In Hobart Zoo, yeah, in July of '36, yeah. and it,
1: and it's so funny, and I don't like coming off this way because I I am an optimist. It's one of those things that I think, as you're an optimist, and you're alive for a while, it starts to chip away, maybe, or not not chip away. It takes on a little bit of a of a tarnish, <laughs> but you're still an optimist right. through it all. But it's one of those things that, like, someone asked me one time was, man, do you think if we found, like, a, let's just pretend, let's just get kind of crazy, let's, we found a unicorn, you know, what would we do? Would people hunt that, do you think? I'm like, I think they would. I think they would, too, and, yeah. And, I, I, and this is kind of, like, underlying proof. I mean, here's an animal that, like, they're holding, and that's a horrible looking picture, where they're holding the last one of its kind. And they're just snapping it off like a, like a photo of it real quick before they go grab lunch. Right. And it's just one of those things. Like that, it's
0: a dime a dozen deer that someone shot in the wild. Yeah, world. they're yeah.
1: holding the last of something in their hands and they don't even think twice about it. Right. And it's just one of those things that like you have such high hopes for humanity and, you, and there's things that do keep you excited. But when you see things like this, when an animal is hunted down to the point to where it's not even a thing anymore... It just kind of makes you, kind of gives you pause. No pun intended. No pun intended. Pause. <laughs> but, right, pause.
0: You know, I uh, I also think, you know, what would people, and kind of going off the rails here, I also wonder what people would do if uh, a UFO, you know, landed in the middle of Times Square. You know people would be shooting at it. Back to the future. You know, you'd it's have people mutated. throwing beer cans at it from the rooftops. Get and him. And then there, you know, then the alien, you know, Joe, the alien's going to look over at the guy next to him and say, see, I told you this race was too primitive to land and experiment on. Let's get out of here.
2: I tell you. When (laughs) you look at a creature like Bigfoot, Mm -hmm. you've got one camp that is wants to get video evidence of them inconclusive or not inconclusive, conclusive, conclusive evidence of Bigfoot existing. And then you got the other camp that wants to kill one.
1: Right. right. That's the yeah. only
2: way we're going to be able to prove that he's real is if we kill one. Right. So, and they're always at odds to each other and it's probably the same same uh, debate, yeah. Same debate with this this creature, you know.
0: Well, it's good to know that they're protected so even if they are making a comeback and people are seeing them more often, you can't go down to your local bass pro shop in Tasmania and get yourself a a license to shoot <laughs> nice. a thylacine. Yeah. You know, that's good that we're getting our wits about us now uh at this at this period in history so if you if you listen to us and you're out in the area of uh, new zealand australia or tasmania feel free to uh, shoot us any uh opinions or or better yet some footage if you've captured some yourself and uh cool animal hopefully it's making a comeback i agree it's time for pop culture
1: and the paranormal paranormal
2: Okay, so today we're going to talk about when I, I came up with the idea for pop culture and the paranormal. Yes. And when I thought of that, this is the thing that really motivated me.
1: This is what lives in your heart.
2: To, to bring it out, okay?
1: <laughs> you crack open Pat's chest. There's not a heart there. There's a tiny little version
2: of this <laughs> right there. And what that is... Is bionic Bigfoot Yes. <laughs> so people are saying what is bionic Bigfoot well a lot of people I'm sure are well familiar with bionic Bigfoot bionic Bigfoot was born in the 1970s and he was on <laughs> the six million dollar man Lee Majors Steve Austin the bionic man the where he came across uh, how he became to be known as bionic Bigfoot was um, in an episode called The Secret of Bigfoot. It was season three, episode number 16, 16 and seventeen. It was a two parter. It was one of those stay Ooh. tuned till next week, yeah. right? It was rough back then. How did you it couldn't end? Yeah. you couldn't just binge watch. You had to go, wait an entire week yes. before you get the rest of the story. You earn so, the kids. so what Bionic Bigfoot is, he's actually an alien cyborg that was created by a group of aliens visiting Earth. And he was constructed by the alien Shallon, who was played by Stephanie Powers, who I had a huge crush on. She wore you know, like this kind of blue disco type fitting suit. Oh,
0: it was like most Like aliens. she'd be going to a rave or something. Oh, you're yeah, yeah. right, 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 right. <laughs> An alien discotheque.
2: <laughs> and, and, uh, oh. I'm just, um, <laughs> oh,
1: you know what she probably brought to that alien rave?
0: Blow sticks. Glow sticks.
1: Yes! Oh my gosh! It's been
0: too long. <laughs> you know right. what I'm trying not to laugh about those is, is so. There's a certified hottie on the show, and I'm thinking, man, probably still to this day, Pat can't think of Bigfoot without getting aroused a little bit, thinking yeah. about Stephanie Powers. <laughs> That's right.
2: So, so Bionic Bigfoot was created to cultivate mystery and fear in a remote part of the Pacific Northwest in order to protect the location and identity of the alien secret base in this mountain up there in the, in the Northwest.
1: Sneaky, sneaky.
2: And well, what happens is Steve Austin and the OSI and some other scientists are doing experiments to try to, if I remember the story correctly, uh, they're studying earthquakes and a potential earthquake that was about to happen and how they could stop this earthquake. Well, they were getting too close to the aliens, so the alien sent out Bionic Bigfoot to shut down the operation. And, of course, one thing leads to another. Steve Austin and Bionic Bigfoot get into it. Uh, I think Steve rips Bionic Bigfoot's arm off. That arm comes oh, off. No. That's one of the
1: most iconic scenes they I remember. They start beating right. him with it. And there's, exactly. there's, there's sparks, and, and
2: <laughs> Bigfoot just kind of picks up his arm. and Eats it like a cob He's screaming, and, <laughs> and he he runs off, and Steve's like, whoa, that was weird. Yeah. So uh, I thought I was the only Bionic kid on the block. By the way, Bionic Bigfoot played in that episode by... Andre the Giant. Andre the Giant. I love that man. Um, God rest his soul. Well name. known from the uh, World Wrestling Federation, also Princess Bride, Ugh. and a number of other movies. Anybody want a peanut. There,
0: right? th- <laughs> there were
2: actually uh, two different actors that played Bigfoot. In, in the first two episodes are the the two-part episode, it was Andre the Giant. And then uh, for the later installments, it was uh, an actor named Ted Cassidy hmm. who appeared. And um, something we'll get to a little later, there was actually a toy or an action figure created of Bionic Bigfoot. And Ted Cassidy's likeness was used used as the uh, the likeness on all the merchandising for that bionic bigfoot i'm glad so, you had the actor so a little name. bit trivia. that trivia is
1: that's awesome i'm glad you had that guy's name the actor's name because i when you said played by i'm like ironically played by uh, william q bigfoot <laughs> <laughs> we
0: well, you know what's really interesting is is uh there are some uh you know there's a, a camp of the bigfoot believers out there who do subscribe to the idea that maybe they're linked with extraterrestrials right. or. Mm-hmm. You know that they're not uh, flesh and blood mammals, but that they're uh, you know actually so, uh, like aliens dropped the, like they're aliens from a different planet who come down in spaceships and a lot of the beings yeah, transdimensional and... beings or whatnot, and some of them claim that that's why there's never any definitive evidence uh, because they can disappear at will, almost ghost-like, and then I think that drives the Bigfoot purist nuts. You know, like yeah, the right. like the Finding Bigfoot cast. That they believe that these are just flesh and blood animals that they're biological that they're, you know, that they're just out in nature. No E.T. <laughs> no E.T. Strings attached. But uh, anyway, just throwing that out there. So,
2: so you've got uh, the first appearance in the bi- in the Six Million Dollar Man was uh, the two episodes in season three. Well, it, the next year it, he was such a popular. It was such a popular episode. They oh, wow. brought him back for the return of Bigfoot. Oh, wow. and, and so that was the season premiere of season four of The Bionic Man. And then, not only was it uh, a season premiere for The Six Million Dollar Man, it was they tied it in with The Bionic Woman. Oh. And they brought Jamie Summers into the story. So, so this time, you didn't have to wait a full week to see it. You watched... The season premiere of the uh, Bionic Man or the Six Million Dollar Man, I keep flip flopping. Yeah, exactly. I probably shouldn't. Purists are not going to be happy kill with you. <laughs> You're fine. So, so you see the return of Bigfoot on the Six Million Dollar Man, and then it was immediately followed by the season premiere of the Bionic Woman.
1: Oh, and which part picked two? Up right. Oh,
2: nice. And and that was basically the part. Of course, Steve gets himself into trouble. Jamie has to go in and help him out.
1: Which is kind of what paranormal dads do. All the so
2: day. yeah. So control. that was the first four episodes, if you will, of of uh, of Bionic Bigfoot. And later on, it was kind of like they almost had to jump the shark. It's like ratings were starting to tank a little bit. This is season five, episode five of the Six Million Dollar Man, and they brought Bigfoot back. Bring him back for an episode. Uh, in that episode, it was. Uh, um. I think they, they played it out as there were a couple of people out there hunting for Bigfoot. And uh, Steve goes out and is trying to save his friend, who is Bigfoot, from these people who are trying to hunt him down. So so that's kind of interesting. You get into the whole hunting Bigfoot thing. and They that, became friends. Oh, sorry. Yes, yes. They absolutely become friends. Uh, in the first, first installment or the first episode, the first storyline, uh, they were friends by the end of it. And supposedly, the aliens leave Earth or go back to where they came from, and then they come back, and it's almost like Bigfoot's memory had been erased, and they had to reestablish uh Bigfoot's knowledge of the six million dollar man and and kind of bring him back together. It's like you remember I'm your friend and and they had a big fight, of course, and uh, <laughs> and they, then they made up then, I'm then sorry they made up his uh, hallmark
0: has a card, I'm sorry, Bigfoot. I so. love.
1: I love how formulaic stuff was, especially back then. It was like, <laughs> Bigfoot, we're friends, remember? What is friends? You know <laughs> what I mean? <laughs>
0: but if he came from a different planet, like, does he come from the same planet that Chewbacca came from? <laughs> That'd be so good. <laughs> planet full of Wookiees.
2: <laughs> planet Tus.
0: Or whatever I can't. Kashyyyk. Yeah, that's what that's, what, that's like. what planet Chewbacca's from. that's, yeah, that's Chewie's home planet. Don't that give is some Cushique. Star Wars trivia right there. <laughs> right
1: here up high. Up, up, hey, woo! Oh! Star Wars high five. Uh, what I love: <laughs> Bigfoot holds up a sandwich. Is this friend? <laughs> Eats it. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not a friend. That's a ham and cheese sandwich, <laughs> no! Bigfoot. No, <laughs> not friend. No. Are you so, uh, friend? No.
2: <laughs> but yeah, that that was probably the most. A popular episode of the six million dollar man were the bigfoot episodes and so like i said they came out with a, a uh, an action figure of bigfoot mm-hmm. um he had the panel it was pretty cool he had a panel that you could take your six million dollar man uh action figure and have him punch his arm into a little button on the abdomen of bigfoot and his panel would like burst open and you'd see the little electronic circ- circuitry in his chest. and But that's kind of wrong because I don't think you ever saw his the circuitry in his chest. It right. was his arm that he ripped off. That's this toy guy. So they have so, a pacemaker yeah. in there? Yeah. yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Sorry, Bigfoot's on OS 10. But back in the day, that, that figure retailed... It was like a 12-inch figure. It was a good-sized figure. But it uh, retailed for like 7 or $8. Nowadays, you could buy one if you could find one in a box... You'd be paying like five hundred to seven hundred dollars for Bigfoot. For Bigfoot. So I saw that on the Toy Hunter one time. He found a bionic Bigfoot, and he was all excited about it. Yeah, that's a hefty price tag.
0: But yeah, it is. On a related note, guys, I was cruising down uh, Q Street today. Uh Oh. we were going down to South Omaha to have some uh, authentic Mexican food, and we are near like 40th and Q. And I see Bigfoot on the side of the road. (laughs) like seven foot tall, like metal, uh, kind of yard decoration kind of deal. And there was a for sale sign on it. Oh, and I was like, those things, like I've seen them selling at other places around town for like 175 or something. I was like, oh, I was like, honey, I was telling my wife, I was like, I bet you we could talk that person down to like 50 bucks. Yeah. I mean, a life-size Bigfoot, I put it right in my backyard to scare off people walking on the trail. For the trail? Yeah. I mean, hell, maybe we could chip in and go, uh. You know, each pay a third, and then we could rent it out, rotate it. Well, there's this
2: person that sells that yard ornament type stuff off of pacific street right 120th and pacific yeah. i wonder if that's the same person it was the because same that type of that place, place is closed down i, I, I have seen it oh yeah. is it okay. yeah
0: every like spring and summer they're out there but yeah okay. it's the exact same but one yeah from yeah there. that would be so cool i say we chip in yard. And we, we can just each. rent awesome. it out like uh I'll, I'll have it in the in the spring and pat can have it in the summer eddie has it in the fall and then winter we'll just like randomly put it <laughs> places around town like a john doe and scare people
1: so fun Take fun pictures with it. Yeah. Like having yeah. Bigfoot Where's Bigfoot?
0: Lunch. It'd be like a Where's Waldo kind of thing.
1: I'm down. Yeah, uh, but, I'm down. but but
2: But uh, kind Pick of them tie, them. tie up, put <laughs> a big bow on uh, Bionic Bigfoot. There was another toy introduced into the $6 million man line where it was kind of like a racing set where you had these air pumps and two little, they almost look like motorbikes, but it was, it was like Steve Austin and Bigfoot were sitting on recliners with wheels. It's kind of what they look like. And you would p- pump the air pump and push a button, and they go shooting ac- across the floor. So see, Steve Austin had his red, white, and blue cycle he was riding on. Bigfoot's was bright yellow. <laughs> <laughs> of course <laughs> they were. Could you see Bigfoot racing through the forest on this bright yellow you know motorbike thing whatever it is <laughs> that would be so awesome you'd be it's walking like through the yellow. it's like what's what's that noise then all of a sudden you see Bigfoot racing <laughs> come come blasting out of the bushes, pop a wheelie and take off.
0: Would he feel embarrassed or would he just own it and be awesome? Or, or you know would he be embarrassed and, and mortified like the bear in the circus that they forced to ride a tricycle? You know, oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Bigfoot rides, stupid thing. Bigfoot, his helmet doesn't fit, so it's like a
1: little tiny helmet on his head. It's sitting on top of it and he blasts through. He's like, Bigfoot born free, so <laughs> ride or die. <laughs> Evil Knievel Bigfoot. That is awesome. So there you go. The 70s. Bionic were, Bigfoot. Oh,
2: I love it. The <laughs> 70s were so alive with Bigfoot, like fervor. They they were. I mean, there are a number of uh, feature films in the theaters that you could go, and they were like documentary style films Yeah, I'd love to talk about sometime Um but, uh yeah, Bigfoot was a big deal back then,
0: and it even lingered into the eighties a little bit with Harry and Henderson's movie. you know, everyone's right. seen that, but uh yeah, Bigfoot uh, not only uh hopefully a part of the natural world but uh it captured our hearts and minds through pop culture as well and now it's time for
1: the main
0: mystery
1: <laughs> Are you guys ready for this main mystery? I was born ready. I've been preparing this main mystery for months.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You are a liar, sir.
1: You sit on a throne of lies. (laughs) You smell like beef and cheese. (laughs) This is, you know, this may not have been prepared or crafted over months, but this is something that's been persistent in my brain for a very long time. Um, I listened to a radio show, and I would bootleg it off of YouTube because it was like I didn't listen to radio at that time of night. and. And you had to like subscribe to it, like pay the money, and they would air the episodes on YouTube. But it was um, coast to coast mm-hmm. with Love that Steve Norrie George, right? George Norrie, George Norrie. So- yeah. Sorry, George. <laughs> and uh, he listens. <laughs> he does. He's a big fan of ours. Yeah, he <laughs> is. He's a sponsor. And uh, and so one of the things that they started talking about was these structures on the moon, and I was like, what? So I just I dialed in on this it's probably a Starbucks <laughs> exactly it's always And so I dialed in on that as a thing and it just kind of opened up this whole world of kind of tying into ancient aliens and uh, ancient cultures that may have existed on planets within our solar system. So on this main mystery we're going to discuss the moon and Mars as it relates to ancient aliens yeah. I.e.,
0: you know, uh, civilizations that were intelligent and may have been there and left evidence in the past. Right. And uh, I'm sure a lot of our listeners are familiar with the Ancient Alien show on History Channel, which is one of my personal faves.
1: Giorgio, was it sukulos.
0: Yeah, Giorgio Seleucidos. Where every time his hair is more outrageous, his hair is an alien. Yeah, I love his it. His hair, man, gets bigger each episode, and suddenly so they have to pan further and further out. He's like the Don King of the History Channel. Exactly, <laughs> it's so like crazy good. hair. It's awesome. But um, my daughter has hair that kind of looks like him some some mornings with bedhead. It's, it's awesome. It's amazing. We say, Giorgio, eat your fruity pebbles. <laughs> I'm
1: not Giorgio. Not Giorgio. <laughs>
0: But, uh, so one of the, uh,
1: come back to the moon part, one of the stories, and I am going to butcher this a little bit. In fact, fact checker Pat may be able to kind of fire this up as I, as I rap lyrically. Um, but the story is that one of the astronauts who were on, who was on the moon, that narrows it down, um, did witness structures on the moon. And this gets into this whole moon conspiracy conspiracy theory theory debate you know i don't want to get into it too much but did we really go on the moon and is it a real thing and all that and we're all entitled to our opinions but the bottom line is you know we did (laughs) go to the moon (laughs) um there's a guy who's actually the guy who uh i forget his name uh he had spent he's the longest uh he, he spent the most time in space He just got back on the
0: International Space Station. Yeah, Yeah. he was
1: over a year in space, and they're detailing out what his body is currently like going through being back on Earth, and it is like a horror movie. Like his body, oh, his body is just all sorts of messed up. Wow, from being a a year over a year of zero gravity. But anyway, um, so the story is on the moon that this particular astronaut, and I'm losing all this credibility, not knowing who it was. (laughs) It's fine, but witnessed structures on the moon, and this is where. When they got there, the idea being that there's just certain things that we can't tell the public, so we're just going to kind of filter what they found and leave out things. But the idea being that it wasn't just like things that looked like, oh, that could be a rock formation of it. No, they're like, this is clearly a building. Okay, this is clearly, in fact, one of the uh, one of the accounts was that it looked almost like a castle. That was the description that they had.
0: So, in other words, not something that could be chalked up to just natural. Topography
1: yes, yeah, and so, and then they were getting into the colors of what they were seeing on, of, of these structures, so
0: it 's not just all a dingy gray,
1: yeah, no, it wasn't. And they were describing like rainbow type color patterns and like the bridge to thor 's world, almost then like the go. rainbow bridge Wow, <laughs> and uh, so they, they were getting into also like evidence of technology being on the moon before men, man got there. Mm-hmm. And so it's one of those things that really, as you start researching some of this stuff and that research is a strong word, but you're basically looking up things that kind of help either reinforce or challenge these ideas. And the thought that crept into my mind, and it's one of those things that like we here on earth use this as a thing where we're like, okay, well, here's science, here's evidence of a civilization that was here at some point in time. And it's a very valid question. What were to happen if you were to find evidence of a civilization on a planet where you thought that there weren't humans before?
0: We'd have to rewrite the history books. Right.
1: And it's a premise for a lot of good science fiction and a lot of other things. But there are people and there is, you know, people still say it's, you know, that 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 act of human beings kind of finding faces where there are none. But the idea being that there could be evidence of that even on Mars on some level, like evidence of pyramids and other types of, uh, you know, that era of civilization on these planets.
2: Um, And and people have been using tools like there's actually a Google moon where you can uh, they have mapped the surface of the moon and they have been scouring through these images looking for things, especially like right angles and and stuff that you would considered to be man made. Right. So um but I could totally see there probably is there a Google Mars I don't know but I think there is but, <laughs> but it's all like it's you know it's
1: you know as good as you're going to get. I, I'm sure it's are.
2: probably coming if it's it isn't I there, there already. There is. yeah But uh you know looking for any uh any indication that there could be something man made on the moon uh looking for shapes and like you said colors um, you know that's well. And then there are groups that take that um uh, take that thought and kind of run with it. I yeah, guess.
0: yeah. And then you have uh, one of the more famous cases. It's the face on Mars. That's just, it's just known as the face on Mars, and it's kind of a, I think it's a natural phenomenon. I, I think they've kind of debunked any you know notion that it was uh, artificially created. But yeah, if you look at just the right angle. I mean, this thing is massive. It's like the yeah. size of a, a, a mall, uh, but, you know, it, the, the shadows, and it kind of looks like an eye with a nose and a mouth and kind of the, roughly the shape of an alien kind of face. And uh, and, and there, there's a, a name for that, uh, you know, seeing shapes and other things, like mm-hmm. when you see a potato chip like shaped like Abraham Lincoln, and you say, right. like, well, it looks like something else. Um, That's the only but, chips I eat, by the yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, Abraham Lincoln shaped potato chips. That's yeah. it. But... Uh, it is an interesting thing. And, you know, if you remain open minded, I, c- I kind of shrug my shoulders and I'm like, eh, I'm willing to listen to anybody's theory on that because, uh, you know, our solar system, the universe itself is a, it's a pretty old place. So who's to say that in the ancient past, you know, thousands, millions of years ago, maybe some intelligent uh, race was on our moon or on Mars or heck even on Earth.
1: Our moon is interesting, especially as you start reading these articles. And this is where you have to bear a certain amount of this in mind. You're like, okay, listen, I am going down the rabbit hole. I need to keep <laughs> a little bit of this. But some of the stuff, if you kind of like put it off to the side and go, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to consider this and think about it later. Some of these reports come through. Like some of these astronauts have reported seeing uh, vents and exhaust ports on the moon where why would there be an event and, a, and an exhaust port sticking out of the ground? Like a, like a big like like a sewer tunnel almost sticking out of the ground in a moon and there's a strong there's a theory out there and I it, it's so out there but for me I'm like I shrug I'm like ah, I can't prove it or that the moon might actually be an artificial construct have you heard this Andy
0: kind of like what is that the death star? It's like a death star. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. oh yeah, I've heard that theory before. Yeah. And it's one of those you kind of have to put it's, on the back burner and say, wow, that's really out there, but what if? It's
1: perfect. So Someone's like, it's perfectly sized to block out the sun on an eclipse. Yeah. It's not, and despite that, you know, they're different, they're different distances away from the Earth, but when those two line up, it's not like the moon's so small that it barely gets in front of the sun, and it's not so big that it completely covers, it just covers it up. And I know that sounds coincidental, like, well, that doesn't mean anything, but it's one of those things that's like, that is kind of weird. Yeah. Like, it's perfectly sized to cover up the sun. Um, the, they were going into, the, the composition of the moon is of the Earth like yeah. like like it's actually you know like some and the actual real thing probably is that it was just pieces of earth that were ejected when it was smashed with a meteor mm-hmm. during all of that and you know as gravity and all that does what it does it formed into yeah. the moon but other thoughts are like well yeah because they mined it off the earth and shipped <laughs> it up into the <laughs> to make this moon one anyway. of
0: these documentaries that i watched was talking about how the how they think the moon was formed and kind of back when earth was kind of a you know a like Plato, who was yeah. malleable and it was kind of like molten lava basically a planet the size of uh mars mm-hmm. smashed into us and all the debris flew into outer space and gravity did its thing and kind of swirled around right. a circle in a whirlpool and eventually con- kind of condensed and cooled into what we now have as the moon uh but yeah or yeah, or it was built by aliens, and maybe it's <laughs> hollow, and uh, or the
1: giant experiment that that is humanity needed the moon to stabilize the oceans, so the aliens built the moon to keep our oceans from killing us all.
0: We're just say. a science experiment.
2: We're
1: living <laughs> in an ant house, man. <laughs> One thing that boggles my away.
2: mind is how we went to the moon in the '60s, right? Mm-hmm. And and then we created the space shuttle. Yep. And we have this space station that orbits the Earth, you know, for years now. But we've never been back to the moon. That's always kind of like... Yeah. Uh, I assume it's cost prohibitive. But uh, y- you would think we'd go back there at some point. I know the Chinese have been talking about they want to build a base on the moon. You know,
1: There's a theory uh, for that too, by the way. What's <laughs> well, that? We I mean, were told not don't, to go back. We oh, were told not oh, to go back? That, that whatever we stumbled across... Scared there we, us so much. It's there like, was that...
2: Don't don't go back
1: there. Or a direct interaction that was like, yeah, don't come back.
0: Well, I saw I saw a movie where you know it was uh you know the dark side of the moon kind of deal, and they go over into the shadows, and then they get attacked by these spiders that are you know like the size of you know like a giant octopus, Kraken kind of thing. I saw the movie. It is weird that it doesn't <laughs> revolve though, right? Like
1: why doesn't? I mean, there's obviously it, the sp- same
0: side always faces always us, faces always faces us. yeah. yeah.
1: It doesn't revolve. It has no or- It has an orbit, but it doesn't have a revolution. It doesn't have a um, what's the word? Rotation.
0: Thank you. And it's like a, it's, it's creepy if you think about it. It's like a guy who just keeps circling you and won't take his eyes off you.
2: I know. It's Like, why is that? I just love Pink Floyd. <laughs> dark Side of the Moon.
0: <laughs> I'm
1: more of a the Wall guy. I like the Wall. Oh,
2: Dark Side of the Moon is so good. It is good though too. You turn the lights off and you start listening to that music. I was telling my son about this. Mm-hmm. You just. They've got so so much going on on that album. Oh yeah, you know with the sound effects, and it's going not not only just the sound effects, but it's your left ear, your
0: right ear. You know it changes, and uh, you're talking about Dark Side of the Moon. Yeah. yeah, Pink Floyd. I think I read a little fun fact on on a little one of these little fun fact books that that album, like one of the songs on that album was on the top 10 list and on like radio rotations for like 59 weeks or something. It was insane. It was like more than a year that it was like number one, but I'm sorry. (laughs) No, no, we're we're even at moon. Okay. Never apologize for pink Floyd interlude.
1: Uh, (laughs) Yeah. So there's the moon and Mars and Mars for me, for me personally just captures my interest. You know, there is a theory and this kind of does tie to ancient alien theory. Um, there's this fascination in ancient cultures with the sky yeah. and, and particular planets. And one of the uh, fan theories or even active theories out there is that there may be, you know, this whole panspermia thing. Yeah. Obviously, it probably has some legitimacy to it where like cells from another place landed here and that's where maybe Earth life. Yeah, transpermia. Life.
0: It's basically like a bacteria or, or some sort of organic life hitching a ride on right. like an asteroid or meteor crashes into a different planet and then that bacteria seeds it, right. it seeds the planet and then grows into an quote-unquote intelligent beings like us. Right. Exactly. <laughs> who shoot at aliens. Right.
1: But um, this other thing is a little bit of an expansion on that where the thought is that there may have been a culture of humans living on Mars back when Mars was habitable Before it was what it is now, before it was this irradiated death ball, Uh, Mars maybe at some point had been more, there's evidence that there was water on Mars and that it had a breathable atmosphere. And so the thought being that there may have been at some point in time a human culture on Mars that had on some level a degree of primitive space travel and saw a disaster coming whether it was brought on by themselves or just natural occurrences and we're like we got to get out of here earth is the nearest planet very battle galactica ish right? yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, we got to get out of here before mars becomes uninhabitable so they literally bounce and they can't send everybody so they send you know almost like an adam and eve kind of thing yeah send off a small colony to earth hey you know that is a thing, that's that's an actual thing, and I mean on some level it'd be weird,
0: but for me it does excite my imagination. right? It I'm kind like, of makes sense if, if you really think about happened? it. And wouldn't it be really weird if sometime in the distant future if we could, uh, what's it called, terraform uh, Mars? Yeah. In other words, you know, make it green again and adjust the, the atmosphere and ecosystem even if it's like artificially in like domes or whatnot. Right. And then when our planet's right on the brink of extinction going back to Mars, it's well, just yeah. like just pinballing back and forth every couple Mars million Earth, years, Mars are on Earth, Mars until
2: our planet gets fixed and then, yeah. like you said ping-ponging back and Ping-pong forth, and it's back. like it's rental property,
0: like rental property, or I, and I'm not, I don't know anything about farming, but I've heard like they'll take turns, like they'll farm on this piece of land one one year, and then on this piece of land another year and they kind of alternate back and forth uh, to give it a chance to get fertile again Yeah. yeah so kind of like that, but it's a, it's a good theory, and yeah, you're right, Eddie they've virtually proven pretty much beyond a shadow of a doubt that at one point in time mars was lush and green had breathable air and it, it just what they call it as a runaway greenhouse effect where there was too much carbon dioxide in the air and then it became hot and it became sterile and it basically once you melt away that that outer atmosphere that shields the the sun rays you know it just cooks your planet yeah sadly that's what's happened to earth exactly. right now very yeah. slowly but with global warming and everything, and our CO two emissions from, you know, vehicles and whatnot, that we yeah we could be living on a planet very much like Mars, you know, in a few million years down the road.
1: This is where it comes off very like Mad maxi. Yeah. And yeah. very like Mad you know, Maxy. <laughs> <laughs> Thunderdome. <laughs> but it's it's one of those things that like if you look at ancient stories and cultures, and you kind of apply what we understand like pat you know stuff to be. And it becomes more and more obvious. And this is a great bit by Joe Rogan. And he got it from a Terrence McKenna talk where it was like, if you take humans right now, like you, me, and Pat cannot build a cell phone. No. Like right now. We can't. We don't know how. We We don't know how. We don't have the materials. So if you remove our ability to kind of keep like leapfrogging off of the next biggest thing. If right. there's an event, like let's just say if it's we a, had to
0: start from scratch again,
1: the best you're going to get is Cowboy Days. That's it. That's the best you got. You're you don't right. have antibiotics, you don't have so the best we have is Frontier Times. And even then it's going to get more and more harsh and more and more brutal and resources are going to become more and more thin. And in this and I'm stealing this from Joe Rogan, but I'm giving him credit. He goes what happens is There's a giant cataclysm, and you try to defend your house as long as you can, but your house is crumbling apart because it's made of cheap stuff. It doesn't last a long time. So then basically you you end up leaving the house and you can't carry all your stuff with you, so you only bring the essentials. And so then your clothes get ripped and torn Over time, your language gets more and more simple because you can't waste time expanding giant thoughts. you got to go, go, go. It's a crazy environment. You go to these caves so you can stay alive because the (laughs) caves are are hewn from rock. I see where this is going. And they last forever. And before you know it, you've got long hair and you have a spear. And you're just pointing (laughs) it at things and grunting because that's all you can do. (laughs) And all you can do is tell stories of how this land before this giant you had you had cars and planes and things flew in the air and it all gets chalked up as myth and then and then over time the civilization reboots itself and they look back at that guy with a spear and they're like that's where we came from not even realizing yeah. that so the idea being that humanity does this it's not a tr- constant trajectory it has a series of peaks and valleys it's like right. a cycle and so that i have a
0: feeling we're headed towards a valley <laughs> <laughs> the glory days yeah. but that's my thing yeah. is
1: ancient cultures when you ask a lot of them where did you come from or where did you come from they point to the sky sky people and at one point it's like you know well that's because they were primitive and stupid or is it because maybe we came from the sky yeah. And that's all, you know,
0: there's and and some people might scoff at the ancient alien theory. There's there's too much evidence out there to that, that lends credibility to it. There's paintings, uh, you know, paintings of like biblical time type of things where there's things in the sky that's not a star, not a bird. They didn't have aircraft and it looks like a dang UFO. Mm-hmm. There's other stories uh, from the. Uh, is, as recent as the fifteen, sixteen hundreds 1600s in Germany. I think it was Nuremberg. But it's somewhere in Germany where people documented, like and hundreds and thousands of people witnessed these aerial battles right. between ships that flew in the sky and shot laser beams at each other. And they were glowing and they were on fire and they were flying around uh, faster than they could even describe. Yeah, You got things like this going on. It That's, just makes you wonder, crazy. man. I mean, it, it really does. So... I,
1: yeah, I mean, it just gets the, the hubris of our modern mindset of like, well, we know much more than than they did, so it doesn't matter. And then you get into a thing where I don't know, maybe they were telling the truth. Yeah, you know, and maybe Bigfoot is an android. <laughs> <laughs> Good old Bigfoot with an artificial heart. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's crazy is you zoom in on a, you zoom in on a bionic Bigfoot's heart, and it's pat. <laughs> what? But but yeah, hey, so out there, what are your thoughts on the moon and Mars? I mean, do they fascinate you? Or are they just boring hunks of rock? Uh, is the moon hollow full of guys throwing levers is there a guy asking for a handrail so he doesn't fall off and the laser comes out
2: (laughs) well I want a handrail right here what's going on the moon's made of cheese it's made of cheese I forgot the cheese
0: theory well and then you have the flat earthers (laughs) who oh thank you and he just groans every time (laughs) flat earthers my
2: wife was just telling me this story before I came over here tonight I mentioned the guys probably know it better than I do
1: I mentioned the moon might have been being a construct and yet I'm laughing at flat earth theory <laughs>
0: <laughs> there are people out there who believe that the earth is flat and that every photograph and video and astronaut who claims uh, otherwise it's just uh they're just bogus and it's a conspiracy theory <laughs>
1: if you even if you threw away everything that's scientific about the flat earth theory and we're just like okay the amount of lying that would have to happen on just normal people like just a pilot right just a guy that flies around i mean I work in the land of me- like long distance measurement and surveying. Like we have to accommodate for the curvature of the Earth, right. and it's not just well, you know, because they're their 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 other side is well, it's not actually flat like a pizza. It's more like the top of an egg. It's got a little bit of a curve. <laughs> no, because we have to factor in an entire. Cir- entire sphere. It's not mm-hmm. just we're, we're figuring for part of it. Actually, when you factor in a measurement of uh, you know ten miles, you had to take into account the circumference of the Earth. So it's like people who do that don't really take into account <laughs> things like surveying and long distance <laughs> mapping and.
0: The, the, the level of denial that a person would have to put themselves through to truly, genuinely believe that the earth is flat and that everybody else who believes otherwise is lying or delusional. It just boggles my mind. But what recently kind of made the news, and, and did you have the article pulled up, Pat? Yeah. It's, oh it's a recent gosh. article of this guy. This guy, the Washington Post. <sighs> um, let's see. California man plans to launch himself 1,800 feet high Saturday. In a homemade scrap metal rocket, in an effort to prove that the Earth is flat, um, he's he's postponing the experiment after he couldn't get permission from uh, the federal uh, agency to conduct it on public land. So uh, anyway, the launch is going to take place sometime next week on private property um, in some unincorporated community along Route 66. And he said, the guy says, "quote It's still happening. We just moved it three miles down the road." And uh, he says, this is this is what happens anytime you have to deal with any kind of government agency. And uh, I this guy also has been quoted as, as saying, I don't believe in science.
1: <laughs> I, I love his thing. This is what happens when you have to deal with any governmental agency. They just won't let you j- blast off a giant steam-powered rocket that weighs as much as a semi-overpopulated <laughs> areas. Jerks. I mean, and they it, just...
0: the article goes on to say, assuming the 500-mile-per-hour mile-long Long flight through the Mojave Desert does not kill him. Hughes told the Associated Press that his journey into the at to the Atmos Flat Atmos Flat. Oh, that's what they call the atmosphere. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's the Atmos Flat, not it's the atmosphere. Not it's not a sphere. He, he says it'll mark the first phase of his am- ambitious flat Earth space program. Um, good he, luck to you, Mister Hughes. He but get but
2: if you look at this guy, my wife is telling me the story and. There, she's talking about steam-powered rockets, and you look at the picture of this guy. This is Evil Knievel's rocket. If you remember back in the 70s, he tried to jump Snake River Canyon <laughs> in a steam-powered rocket. He ended up basically going straight down into the canyon. Uh, luckily, he had a parachute. Wiley Coyote style. Later, uh, just recently, <laughs> past a year or so, his son attempted the same stunt, and he actually made it. Is uh, that Robbie 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 Knievel? Robbie Knievel. Knievel. Yeah. But he tends to put a little more science, a little more thought behind behind his 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 uh, stunts
0: stunts. Measure twice, cut once kind <laughs> exactly. of approach. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Evil. Evil, evil. He's just like, let's do it. More let's dynamite. It. More dynamite. <laughs> go more speed. But that's exactly what this guy reminded me of. Uh, he just his his launch mechanism is actually a Winnebago. Yeah. And he's got some, you know, a launch pad built over the Winnebago. and It's all welded on, all yeah, rickety looking. It's, it's just,
0: he... But I, he's excited about it. He says, quote, I'm really behind the eight ball on this one.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: I've really got to go, my investors are going to kill me. I got to get up there. Old Roy Dog Food's not going to be happy if I don't get this up in the air. Gosh,
0: and we can joke now. We won't be joking in a week because I'm yeah. genuinely afraid this guy will not be alive anymore.
1: <laughs> I watched his test video. He did a test flight. Did you watch this? No. He has a test flight video on YouTube. I invite anybody to watch this. And like Andy had said, it's a steam-powered rocket. This baby, he's a steampunk flat earther. And and he's got his goggles on. He's got his, like, clockwork like watch. His mustache waxes out. And... I watched this rocket take off. So I'm used to seeing like, you know, NASA rocket, like real rockets, which look like, you know, they're gigantic controlled explosions. And this looks like somebody's like iron got left on and it just like shot off into space. (laughs) Mist comes flying out. It's, it's one of those like old, old, not old timey, but the rockets that we had as kids that you pump up with air and then you pull the lever and it pops off. That's what it looked like, which is what it is. It's just pressured water. Right. Right. And so it goes off and this thing tears off like doesn't believe in science yeah he went from zero to whatever this top speed was in no time and he isn't like strapped in or whatever this thing takes off and it's done from his perspective. He has like a he has like a GoPro strapped yeah. to his head, so you can't see him. You just see what he you just see what he sees. Right. And it looks like the most vicious car accident you've ever seen. <laughs> it shoots off. You get the you know he's in the air because he's doing this like like a football thing. His rocket's doing the football pass where it's just spiraling. Spiraling. And then it plows into the dirt. And it doesn't like skid to a stop. It like just goes boom and just stops. <laughs> like I'm like he's dead. Like it liquefied his organs and then the article attached to it was like, this was his test flight and it took him three days to recover from the test flight. Just the physical stresses of all that. I'm like, this guy's, he's going to turn himself into a, a snack pack.
0: <laughs> so what is, what's, what's his plan? Is it, is his whole thought to get up there in the air to prove that it's flat? He wants to get know up high he, enough to prove that there's no curvature. He's going to take a
2: picture of it and, and prove that, that, There is no curvature to the horizon. He's going
0: to get 10 feet off the ground and he's not going (laughs) to see a curve. See, I told
1: you so. The flat earthers, I mean, even for them as crazy as they are, they believe that it's huge still, like long enough, big enough, certainly for China to exist on the same horizontal plane as us. So, and that's far away, so he's never gonna see that if he get. He has to get up in space, right? To, to see, he's not
2: gonna get in space.
1: What if he did? You know that that weird. <laughs> did you guys see that guy that that did the world's largest uh, skydive? He did it from the right. threshold of yeah. space.
0: That was yeah, yeah.
1: that was ba dude.
0: That was I awesome. I was like,
1: he passed out yeah, halfway he passed down. Out. I was, oh anyway, he would have to get like above that which gravity yeah. would cease to work on him at that point he'd be like oh no
0: Then it will <laughs> turn into a popsicle and say oops should have brought a space suit
1: exactly <laughs> i don't believe in science it oh. doesn't work on me oh man i you know it's just his nickname is mad
0: mike hughes by the way <laughs> mad mike hughes mad mike. Mad mike. Oh, that's appropriate
1: well, good luck, man, Mike Hughes. Oh, man. I hope you make it.
0: I hope you make it, buddy.
1: Whether the earth is flat or not, it's not going to make much difference, because he's going to be. <laughs> <laughs>
0: okay. um, <Sorry>. Oh, gosh.
1: <laughs> Sorry. That's your happy thought, by the Well, on that note... Uh, yeah. Hey, well, thank you for joining us on this episode of Paranormal Dads. Um, first of all, uh, be sure to uh, download us on iTunes, Pod, uh, Podbean,
2: or Stitcher Radio. We're on Facebook at Paranormal Dads, and uh, also on Twitter, at Paranormal Dads. Um, website's ParanormalDads.com.
0: And along with this uh, episode in the show notes, we'll go ahead and put some links and pictures to some of the articles that we were referencing uh, during the show. So thanks for staying with us, as we totally went uh, off the rails there, <laughs> as we sometimes do. And uh, thanks for listening. We appreciate your support.
1: The sound Effects brought to you by
2: freesounds.org. Peace out, people. Thank <laughs> you.